Good morning. 52 days till Christmas. I'm trying to get myself excited. <laughs> I, I like Christmas. I don't like decorating for so much because inevitably there comes, and if this is in your house, there's, those Christmas things are stored somewhere where you never go. Up in some attic that you've got to take your life into your hand, crawl under some place that you haven't been. Your wife doesn't want to go in and get them, but you get to. It's what a joy, right? Joy. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, yesterday, this whole uh, auditorium was filled uh, with, I think, 40-plus people, pickleball players. Anybody even know? Anybody not know what pickleball is? Okay, yeah, look it up. You, it's like ping-pong, like you're playing on the ping-pong table, but really small. And so, anyway, there was 40 people here from all over the community, and uh, Paul Miller organized a tournament, which was really cool. Uh, he said, could we use the building for it? I said, yes, but I have an idea. I said, how about you raise money for hampers? And he said, oh, let's do that. So Paul really worked hard with a team of people, set up, got 40-plus people here. And yesterday, people from all over the community got to hear, and not only get, got to hear, but also participate in helping us reach into our community and raised over $3,000 in one day. Yeah. Really cool. Christmas is coming indeed. But here we are. How many of you enjoyed an extra hour of sleep last night? How many of you did not even notice because you woke up so early anyway? Yeah. You woke up and you're like, oh, what? It's still 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock or whatever you might be. Yeah. And then you have kids who didn't get the memo. It's true. You know, a number of uh, years ago, I had the opportunity on a uh, passing through uh, in flying through to Africa, passing through in London, and we had eight or nine hours in London, so we took the opportunity to head into the city, and in the subway in London, or as they call it, I think they call it the underground or the tube, uh, there is this thing that, a sign that's everywhere, and also it's spoken on the speakers everywhere, uh, and it says, mind the gap, mind the gap, and that just means between where the train is and the edge of the, the, the platform here, there is a gap often, either up, you have to step up, or you have to step over, or whatever like that. Uh, I'm always on the edge of this. I think my wife watches it all the time, wondering, it's just my way of knowing how close I am to the edge. I haven't fallen off yet, and it's not that far, but mind the gap. And so in the UK, this thing goes again and again, and it says, mind the gap, mind the gap. And it always uh, got me to think, why do they say mind the gap? Why do you think? Because somebody didn't mind the gap one time, fell on their face, hurt themselves or in some way. But if you don't mind the gap, you're not going to get onto the train or you're going to be hurt as you get onto the train. It will really affect where you're going and if you get there well. Mind the gap. When I was probably six years old, maybe even a little bit younger, um, we were moving the location of the stairs in our home. My mother was. Those are kind of things that she did. They were in one place that was inconvenient, so we moved them to the other side of the house. But they had taken the stairs out. My grandfather was there, who was kind of the carpenter, and my dad is a tr trucker and helps with uh, engines, is not so much the carpenter. And so the stairs were out, and I was there with my cousins. And I remember going over to the table to get uh, a sandwich from my grandmother, and she's handing it to me, and she says, watch out. There are no stairs there. 
There's a big hole. And I was like, okay, thank you, Grandma. And this is what I did. I went along the edge of it like that. And the last thing I remember is looking down, and I fell through the floor, down onto what, like a whole floor below. And you're like, oh, that's why you are like you are. It's not where the story was going. But thankfully, thank God, that my grandfather had just recently put a, two sawhorses and a piece of plywood down, so I fell and bounced off the plywood. I was not so good at minding the gap. In fact, often on the gap, I'm right up at the edge of it, playing like that, like that. That's just the way I'm built, it seems like. Some of you are like that as well. You're not, you always want to go right up to the edge of what you can do. People say, you can go right up to here. How many of you have kids that are like, right like this? right? How many of you are like that? Mm -hmm. I'm seeing you. There's gaps all the time in our life, and if we don't navigate our gaps correctly, they can affect our lives really, really negatively. I often see a gap between where I am and the way that I behave or the way that I live, and it most often gets exposed in Surrey traffic. Yesterday, I didn't need a sermon illustration, but somebody gave me one. I was going up six, I was going up 168th. The speed limit is 60. And if you're from Manitoba, it means 60. But if you're from Surrey, so I was doing Surrey speed, which was about 75 in a 60. And there was someone that was like right there behind me, like right there, so close. So I did what any great driver does. I just give a little tap, tap. I see you. They didn't care. They got closer. I was thinking, what is going on right here? And then I see that there was going to be a small gap, but there was people coming down, and I think, they're going to take that gap, are they? And I see them, like, roaring up. They're flashing their lights and everything, and I'm finally, I'm like, I'm going to die if I don't. So I just kind of pulled over, and they <laughs> roar right by. And the person's looking at me like, I'm thinking, you are such a Surrey driver. <laughs> We're all laughing, but you're all, most of you are Surrey drivers. Some of you uh, travel in from Abbotsford with fear and trepidation, but God helps you to get through. And so there are times when people don't mind the gap, and there's a gap between who I am and who I know I'm supposed to be. Anybody else ever been there before? Uh, you're, you should all put up your hand. A gap between who we are in the quietness of our own heart and who we wish we were, who we know that we're called to be. Sometimes uh, my wife makes me cranky. <laughs> no, we have in our home, nobody has superpowers to make me do anything. I choose to be cranky sometimes. I'm not filling in any of the information. At times, I can be envious of other people's success. At times, I can be caught off guard with how my heart moves towards somebody who does something negative towards me, where I feel something inside of me that mm, wants to get right back at them. Don't look all holy at me. I see you. We all have those moments where there's a gap. And we see it in our, not just in ourselves, but we see it in our culture where our political leaders now have to be perfect. Don't ever have made a mistake. 
because it will be trolled up from somewhere in the abyss of something. When you were nine years old, you swore at somebody on the elementary playground, and you are forever forbidden from having any form of trustworthy uh, office or anything like that. There's often a gap between, as well, that they know and they don't talk about between what they say and then what they do. We see it in, in the political world. We see it in the business world where you might have heard this, that there was um, the executives from a company that right now is going into bankruptcy in the United States. Um, I'm not going to say the name of it, but you can Google it. That is going into bankruptcy because they would have gone through all kinds of uh, court cases because they had the court said that you have falsely promoted your product, which has uh, resulted in hundreds and hundreds of deaths around the opioid crisis. And so in the moments, in the last year, as they've been going through those lawsuits, they paid out over $40 million in bonuses to their executives while they're being sued and found guilty for causing the deaths of many, many people. There's a gap there. And the spiritual leaders, we see it in moral failings. We see it in financial issues. We've heard of them. We've seen them. Uh, things that should not have happened that have happened, sometimes in the name of the church, sometimes in the name of other things. Like There is a, this was kind of ironic. I read it in the news yesterday. An Indonesian cleric who in a certain region of that nation, there's uh, Islamic Sharia law. And he wrote the law that if you commit adultery, you will get uh, a caning. He was the, among the first to be caught and yesterday or the day before got caned in a public square 28 times. A gap between what he proclaimed and what he lived. But it's not just the political leaders. It's not just the spiritual leaders. It's not just the people we see out there. It's also people right beside you. It's also you. It's also me. That there's a gap between what we know we're to be and the person that we live out whether it's privately, whether it's publicly, whether it's in our workplace, wherever it is, there's a gap. Has, and our world is looking and needing more than ever less flash and more substance. Less, I've got it all together and more, I don't have it all together, but I'm working to get it together. See, there, the gap you don't address in one season will trip you up in the next season. And so when, when we begin to talk about these things, it gets, every time I do, it gets exactly what it's doing right now. Quiet. Really, really quiet. Because all of us have gaps, and, and I want us to be a church that acknowledges that we have gaps. No shame. No shame. But we have gaps. We have gaps in how we live life, and how, how we are versus how God's called us to be. We're... Maybe you've experienced where you're, you've found yourself putting up the middle finger at somebody in traffic and you weren't directing them where to go. Well, maybe you were. But, or you go to pornography when you're stressed. Or that sexual dysfunction or sexual immorality in some way when things are not working the way that you wish that they would. Or, or instead of when someone does evil or bad towards you, you do bad back, and you're like, I know I, I shouldn't do that, or outbursts of anger at life, outbursts of anger and frustration at the people around you, often the ones that are closest to us bear the brunt of it. Selfishness, where we're, our lack of generosity, and we know we're supposed to be generous, but we tend to more look at where we're at ourselves, or, or where 
We have relational breakdowns in our family where between, there's a gap between where we are and where we know that we could be. And I'm not saying this in any way, shape, or form for any kind of shame. It's just to acknowledge the gap in our lives and realize the power that can happen when we allow Jesus to begin to help us close the gap. Because I'm not where I once was. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I once was. Mind the gap. There's a tension. Do you feel it? Feel the tension. There's a tension between where you are and where you hoped you would be, maybe, or where you wished you would be. Mind the gap. Lord, I thank you that you're here. We welcome your presence. Thank you that you're speaking. And Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear for ourselves and not for the person beside us or take notes for someone who's not here. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that because often it happens. <clears throat> so we talked the last few weeks, and this is a final uh, message in our series on the Holy Spirit, who is supernatural but not super weird. You can go back online, horizonfam.ca, and hear the kind of the whole context of it. But in the first week, we talked about how we just need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives to live today. Daniel spoke in the second week about our necessity of being filled with the Holy Spirit, separate from and in addition to salvation, but that the Holy Spirit would come and fill us and empower us and that the incredible things that he can do in our life. And last week I talked about the gifts of the Spirit, how that we need the gifts of the Spirit moving and flowing in our lives, motivated by love. And, uh, last, and today we're going to look at that gap and how the Holy Spirit will help us, not just in the flashiness of our gifts and not just in these spectacular supernatural moments that we sometimes put to the stage or sometimes put into other strange spaces while someone spoke in tongues or someone prophesied and we believe in all that, we're for it all. But often the greatest effect and power of the Holy Spirit is in the gap, is in the gap. That space between where we are and where we wish we would be, the most powerful move of the Holy Spirit is helping us to live in the gap and move and fill the gap. Not just gifting, but character. Not just Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. Not just struggling to live with who we are. And it, we're going to look at a passage in Galatians if you want, to, it's, you want to turn there. It's one of the books of the New Testament. It's written by a man named Paul. Paul was a uh, one of the great haters of Christians in the, in the New Testament. He had his own encounter with Jesus, and he turned from being the great hater of Christians to being one of the great... Uh, he, would, he would go around hunting them down, closing down, burning down, doing whatever he had to do to stop the church, and then he went from that to being one that moved in the uh, actually planted churches. And he had this powerful encounter, and he, he as well, even though he wrote probably almost half the New Testament, he also felt the gap. He wrote to one church, he said, I don't understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. Anybody? But what I hate, that's what I do. This guy's written parts of the Bible. He's got so much of his life figured out. He's had these incredible encounters. What I don't want to do, that's what I do. What I do want to do, I don't do it. So it's a struggle. The gap is there. The gap's real. And I think it's important that we acknowledge that the gap's there because you can only uh, address what you acknowledge. But Paul, and he wrote this to another church in, in this area called Galatia, which was a, a kind of a province in the area of uh, outside north and east of Israel. 
And he was primarily reaching people who were not Jews. And the context for that is that in the Jewish faith that Christianity sprang out of, there was a lot of emphasis on laws and rules and regulations. Uh, in particular, if you were a male, there was this awkward thing called circumcision that, that yeah, it's not good. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. And so they, they felt, the ones who were Jews and became Christians, that everybody should st- keep doing those ceremonial laws that Jesus actually had come and fulfilled. So that they said, if you do all these things right, then you can be a follower of Jesus. And actually, Jesus put the gospel the other way. He says, I'm going to make you right so that you can begin to live right because I'm going to change you from the inside out. But these teachers would come in and they were trying to do all these things on human effort to change your life. And Paul was addressing that. He says, that's not the way that the gospel works. The gospel doesn't work with you figuring it out and working hard and trying hard and striving to be good enough for God to accept you and love you. The gospel actually works the other way that acknowledges that I've got no way to change myself. I've tried. I've worked hard at it, but the gap's still there. And in fact, some days it gets wider and wider. And Paul begins to address them where he says, it's not about human effort. It's not about any of that. It's Christ alone by faith. It's still true no matter what, no matter how big the gap we feel today, that Jesus is still the answer. No matter how far we feel that we're from God, that Jesus is the one who bridges the gap. No matter how far we feel in our, our thing that, that nobody, we wish, we hope nobody ever finds out that Jesus is still the one who bridges the gap, that he's the gap filler, that he's the way maker, that he's the promise keeper. He's the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. He's the one who helps you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. He says, mind the gap. In fact, not only mind the gap, I'm going to help you bridge the gap. There's a salvation issue there, but there's also how we live issue there. And these false teachers kept pushing this. Do good so you can be saved. But the gospel says be saved so you can do good. The church was struggling with this gap, trying to make it. How are we going to do this? How are we going to address this? And Paul writes this place and he wrote a letter to the church to help them understand this. There is a gap between where you are and where you're supposed to be. And I just need to say this, and I, you probably have heard me say it before if you've been around. There's <clears throat> where we are, our real, and there's where God has called us, our ideal. And in the space between our real and God's ideal, there's something called grace. Something called grace. Between my real and God's ideal, grace is there. Grace is there. Grace is there. And Paul goes on and he writes them this little letter to help them. And he says, so I say, let. Everybody just say that word, let. Let. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. So what does that tell you? It tells you that you can also not let him guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. And here he starts talking about the gap. He says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. There's a gap. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. How many of us have ever had good intentions you didn't do? 
There's a war. There's a gap. And when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, which just means fighting, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the Holy Spirit produces. So he says, this is one way of living, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces. So the Holy Spirit is not just about flashy gifts. He's also about the substance of how you live your life. And we often elevate the gifts when in fact our world is looking for somebody who has the substance of character in their life. Because anybody can be loving when people are loving to them. Anybody can be joyful when things are joyful. Anybody can be walking in peace when everything's peaceful. Everyone can be patient when everything's going right in their life. But when the fruit of the Spirit is moving, your world begins to see you operating. You walk with love when someone's unloving to you. You walk with joy when everything around you seems to be out of order, but God is helping you. Then you walk with peace in the midst of a storm that is not dependent on what's going on around you. It's not dependent on how well you are liked, but there's a peace that comes because the Holy Spirit does something deeper than your simple human ability. The Holy Spirit moves in and through you in a way that you are unable to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, helps us in our areas that seem to be hidden away so that we can walk in a way that our world needs to see. And often the greatest expression of heaven is not a prophetic word. It's somebody who loves when somebody has been unloving to them. Often the greatest expression is not a flashy gift. It's a lived life in the middle of a wicked time in our world that lives and stands and says, I will love when I am not loved. I will be kind when people are unkind to me. I will walk in self-control when everybody's out of control around me. That's the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our world. And it's really a reflection of heaven. You're tapping into a power source that's not just you when you follow the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus said this. He said, I pray that you would pray. And you might have heard this if you grew up um, even in school. Uh, or even in church where it says, Our Father who art in heaven, and it goes on to say that, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can make that all kind of ethereal things, a strange concept. But one of the most powerful ways that heaven visits earth is when people who are living under the power of the Holy Spirit produce and walk out this kind of fruit in their life. That they're loving, that they're gentle, that they're self-controlled, that they're kind, that they're good, that they're faithful heaven seen on earth. And not only that, not only do you walk in it, but you carry it with you. Have you ever noticed that there are some people who when they come into the room, they add to the atmosphere in a good way? You come in, they come in a room and they bring life. They bring joy. They bring peace with them. And then there's other people that come in the room and you wish they would keep on walking. I know what, Linus, take your little cloud with you and go out the room because this is not helping me right now. And if they're your children, it's particularly hard. 
There's a contrast of lives. But this writer is not comparing the world out there as all the issues. And in here, we got it all together. He was writing to a church. He's saying, church, you're, you're in, there's a gap. There's a gap. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces, let the Holy Spirit, you are not your behavior. He's saying, don't ignore the gap. He didn't say the gap was okay. He addressed the gap. And he said that he wants us to help us. And Paul, in a verse, tells what happens when we don't mind the gap. He says this, you said you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there's two sides to this. It doesn't mean that it can mean this. If you're living according to your sinful nature and it doesn't bother you at all in that whole list, then we have to question whether you're actually a follower of Jesus or you're a make-believer. But, so the gap is impossible to cross. But with Jesus, even if you're in that space and you know you're not a follower of Jesus, you simply have to surrender your life to Jesus and suddenly he translates you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son and begins to make your life better, begins to make your life fruitful, begins to make your future possible. So what your behavior is does not have to be what your life is. And so there's that level of it. But then there's also another level of it. If you are a follower of Jesus and you're experiencing these in your life, it should bother you. It's called a thing called conviction that says, hey, this is not your highest life. This is not what you're created to be. God's created you for more. There's a life that you don't have to settle for this. There's so much more. And if, if you fail to address them, you will not experience the kingdom of God in its fullness. It's not a salvation issue at that point. It's an inheritance issue. It's what God wants to release for you and wants to give you and you don't experience it because you just stay in the gap. And I think most of us are not maybe in that first list, maybe in it from time to time. Don't live in that list, but we're not either in this list of love, joy, peace, patience, all that kind of stuff. And we live in the gap, not happy in this one, and not in this one either. And we live in this gap when the Holy Spirit come to help you bridge the gap. And often the reason we experience little of Holy Spirit power is because we tolerate so much of sin's power. But when we don't mind the gap, it will keep us locked up. It will keep us limited in our impact. It will keep us low-level living Never experience the fullness of what we're, we were created to be because God has so much for your life. Not to exist, not to get by, but to actually live and experience a life full of fulfillment, making a difference in the world because he's making a difference in your world. And when you surrender to Christ, it's not the latest self-help program. The Bible says that the old has gone and the new has come. When anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. God begins to work on us from the inside out. You have a new heart. You have a new spirit when you follow Jesus. You have a new nature. You have a new source of power. Your behavior is not you. Your anger is not you. Your outbursts of jealousy are not you. Your sexual sin is not you. You are called by God. And the gap is not you. It may be where you are, but it is not who you are. Overflow. Come born again. And Paul's addressing these things. And why? he doesn't ignore them. He doesn't pretend they're not there. And so I don't think that we should as a church. See, God hates sin because sin hurts people. It's not because he's like, I, I, no, because sin hurts people. 
And God hates sin because he loves people. That's why he hates sin. That's why he says, mind the gap, address the gap, access the power of the Holy Spirit so you can fill in the gap and begin to move in a place of love, begin to move in a place of joy, begin to move in a place of peace instead of anxiety, begin to move in a place of self-control. It's mind the gap. Holy Spirit, help me. Because sometimes we, see, the, the, the things that are on that list and the negative side of them, they, Holy Spirit wants to help us deal with the reality of our life, not just the Sunday goosebumpy feeling sense of our life where, wow, it was amazing service. Yes, but then there's Monday. He wants to go after the things that are destroying our lives, that are corroding our relationships, that are stealing our joy, that are wrecking our, our, our future, that are hindering us on every side. See, the Galatians view, this church view, just work harder, just try better. If it's to be, it's up to me. And they were trying that, and they weren't getting anywhere. Maybe that's you today. See, we love the idea of independence. We love the idea of being self-made people. We love the idea of not letting anybody into our world, but it's destroying our life. It's not helping us in any way. We love trying to fix our lives, but most of us live at a level of in the gap when God's called you to fill in the gap by the power of the Holy Spirit and move into what he's created you to be. It's the same power that gives a prophetic word that helps you to say no to anxiety. It's the same power that gives a, a power of a miracle that helps you to move out of the brokenness of your past. See, Paul's making a point. Don't build a life with human power that God began with Holy Spirit power. Thank you, God. I'll take it from here. No, human effort only gets human results. That may be where we are in the gap. But the Holy, this whole series has been pointing us to our need for the Holy Spirit and power. See, Jesus said this. Jesus, when uh, he had died, buried, and rose again, and uh, then he said, wait, I'm leaving. I'm going to rise again. Uh, I'm going to return to heaven. But he said, when I go, wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. Sometimes we make that power to be something like blue flames coming out your fingertips or like that kind of stuff. Okay, if you want to. But often the place we need the most power is in our marriage. It's in our workplace. It's in not cursing back when you've been cursed. It's in loving the person who has betrayed you. It's being kind to those who have despitefully used you. That's the power that we need in every area of our life. Restoring the carnage, healing us, delivering us, taking us, helping us to take care of our world. There's a great mission, Jesus said. You need the Holy Spirit. And I, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, too, is that uh, anybody who predicts their own death, burial, and resurrection and then does it, we should go with what he says. And he says, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3 and 20 says this beautiful thing. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Someone say more. More than all we ask or all you imagine according to his power that is at work within us. That means that God wants to give me more 
than just what I'm asking for. Lord, help me to make it through today. Yes, he can do that. But Lord, help me to overcome today. Help me to overcome my anxiety. Help me to overcome my fear. Help me to overcome my lust. Help me to overcome. And we begin to invite Holy Spirit into the dark places of our story, into our gap. And suddenly things can begin to move in a different way. Holy Spirit, help me in my judgmental attitude towards people. Holy Spirit, help me in the way that I've not always been fully honest. Holy Spirit, help me fill in the gap immeasurably more. There's Holy Spirit power to believe for more than I currently am experiencing. So wherever you're at, Holy Spirit says there is more for you. And don't settle into whatever space you're in and say, this is as good as it gets. But he said, there's more than you've asked for. There's more than you've imagined for. As, and it's not according to your power or how well you've figured it out or what your background was or, or how good you've lived your life or any of that. It's you have access to a supernatural power source that begins to help you to move into spaces and places that you have no business going into because of the power of the Holy Spirit moving and working in you. He can fill in the gap and take you from where you were to where he's created you to be, to be an impact, to change your life and to through your life, change atmospheres, change families, change generations, changing nations, changing Surrey, changing Vancouver, changing Burnaby, changing Princeton, changing Kelowna, changing Kamloops, because it's God who works in you to will and to do according to his good pleasure, not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Don't build a life with human power that God began with Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit's the power to answer that all people that feel that life can't change, that people can't change, that families can't change, that my background's too much, my, my sin's too much, if you knew this and you knew that. But the answer is always the Holy Spirit who will help you to fill in the gap, the place where you're in between where you live right now, between uh, sobriety and, and drunkenness, and you live in that space, and you say, invite Holy Spirit into that space and say, God, will you help me? The place right now where there's a gap between the way you treat your spouse and the way you wish you treat your spouse, Holy Spirit, will you help me fill in the gap? The place where you walk into your workplace and all you can do is fight and quarrel with people, but you know that you're meant to be a place, a person that brings peace and joy and life in it. Holy Spirit, help me fill in the gap. The place where you've been betrayed to the place where now you live in brokenness, but you want to live in wholeness. Holy Spirit, fill in the gap and fill in the gap and fill in the gap. Mind the gap, somebody. Mind the gap of what's in our life. Don't pretend it's not there, but say, Holy Spirit, will you come into and bring your power into every area of my life? life. Help me to love my spouse the way that I'm called to. Help me to break these lustful thoughts that I have. Help me to be a person who brings blessing into every place where there's been betrayal. Help me to one that walks in love in a world that's walking in hate. Help me to be one that speaks up for the one that's being spoken over. Help me to be one who loves the unlovable. And I don't even know who is the unlovable, but we have categories at times. And help me to move beyond where I am. Help me to be a force for good and for God in my world. And I can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because I tell you this, the churches generally in the world, its influence is in many places going up. In Canada, it's probably going down. In some places it's going really well, in other places it's not. But I'll tell you this, the church that is full of people that love is a church that people will always want to be a part of. 
a church where pe people come out of that church full of joy, full of peace, full of, of expectation, that's always going to be an attractive thing. Mind the gap. Don't build a life with human power that God began with Holy Spirit power. But it all starts here. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. You have to decide. I have to decide every day. Holy Spirit, will you lead my life or will the gap lead my life? Will you lead my life or will the pain of my past lead my life? Will you lead my life or will that insult that just was spoken to me lead my life? Will you lead my life or will the betrayal of that the, my spouse lead my life? You, will you lead my life or will my pain lead my life? Will you lead my life or will my issue lead my life? Will you lead my life or will the bottle lead my life? Will you lead my life or will the pornography lead my life? Will you lead my life? You have to let the Holy Spirit lead your life. We all know the gap. We all have different ways of coping with it or dealing with the gap in our own little mind. We can deny it. Denial is only a river in Egypt and nothing more than that. Deny does not help anything. You can never be healed from something you refuse to acknowledge. We justify it. Well, pastor, if you knew where I came from, if you knew what they did to me, um, we're not... When my kids used to try that, I would, they would say, I would say, hey, the way that you did that with your sister... And we say, yeah, but she. And I'm like, we're not talking about her. We're talking about you. Yeah, but do you know what she did to me? Uh, we're not talking about her. We're talking about you. You're in control of you. Remember that? My kids hated it. But I wanted to teach them to take responsibility for their life. Because all of us in this room could tell a story. Everybody in the room has a story. And if we want to stack them against each other, some of them incredibly painful. And I do not want to minimize them. But I do want to say this, that the Holy Spirit is power in you to be transformed from the inside out. What happened to you does not have to determine what happens through you. Ignore it. That's, you know, Pastor, it's old school way of thinking about things. Just ignore it. Move on. Life, whatever. Minimize it. Yeah, it's kind of bad, but it's not really that bad. Like, I mean, after all, have you seen my neighbor? Have you seen what happens on TV? Have you seen, like, no, it's not that big of a deal. But all the places where we live with gaps are actually helping to debilitate our life and, and hurt our life and hurt our fruitfulness and our effectiveness and really our joy. And here's the one that I would encourage you today to, is deal with the gap. Deal with it. Just acknowledge it's an issue. How many in the room are always living on the other side of Holy Spirit fruit? How many of us sometimes have a gap there? You can put your hand up. You can. Not always loving. How many of you in the last week said something that was unkind? Or even thought it was unkind? Because those ones, I don't, I, I sometimes think if people got inside my head, Thankfully, my filter is still working. I got to deal with it because when I get to be in the care home when my kids stick me in one, like my filter will be gone and all those things will be coming out of my mouth. I <laughs> deal with it. Because I'll tell you this, gifting, gifting often gets you there, but only character will keep you there. Gifting will open the door, but only character will keep you in the room. Gifting will get you an invitation, but only character will get you influence. Gifting will get you to the table, but your character will determine if anyone eats what you bring. Don't ever let people force you to choose between developing your gifting and developing your character. Don't ever hear me saying that. I refuse to be put into the box 
of wealth. Uh, if people are, use their gifts improperly, uh, then, well, we shouldn't ever use our gifts. And, yeah, but, so we should really work on our character because that's really more important. No, it's not. It's both. There's whole chapters on the gifts and moving in the power of the gifts. But what gives credibility to the gifts is the character that moves with them. Because after a while, when someone is moving in gifts and has no character support it, it will come down. So we want to be people that are fully engaging in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're fully engaging in saying we want to let the Holy Spirit guide our lives so that the gap is filled. The character you develop when no one's looking will sustain you when everyone's looking. So how do we do it? How do we let the Holy Spirit guide our lives? And these are just several things that have helped me and I know have helped many of you. At the end of the day, we have to, say, give, we have to be willing to say yes to the Holy Spirit. I've been challenged in recent months to just say, Holy Spirit, I give you, I give you what is mine, in my mind, the spaces and places that you've allowed me to be in, I give that to you and ask you to lead me in the middle of it. And it's uncomfortable at times. Last Sunday was uncomfortable when I thought of it, but it was also powerful at the end of the service. If you weren't here, you missed out. You should be here. Yes to prayer. I need to say yes to prayer. I need to say yes to prayer. See, Paul said this, I pray that out of his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you. It's okay to say, God, will you empower me today? Prayer is also listening. That's why we teach hearing God. That's why we encourage you to do engage in listening prayer. That's why we encourage you to do that because God will speak to you. Mind the gap. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Empower you to overcome today. Say yes to the Word of God. That's why we, we encourage you to be people that are in the Word of God regularly, in listening, prayer, and saying, God, will you speak to me? Will you align my life to help me think how you think? The Bible says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your, the Bible talks about how that his word, in his word, it guides us and leads us. Say yes to openness. It's probably one of the most challenging things is to be open that we're not all okay. And you know what? It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in process. And when you're open, can I encourage you, if there's stuff that keeps tripping you up and gets you in the gap if it, and stuck between two worlds and there's things going on that you wish weren't going on, just be open about it, first of all, with yourself. Deal with it from this perspective. And the first way might be first to acknowledge it to yourself, but then it might mean getting with a pastor or a counselor and saying, I need some help here because some of my past is living in my present and robbing my future, and I don't want that anymore. So you might need to do that. You might need to go to a doctor. I don't know. But part of being open is that acknowledge there's an issue. And if you're unsure if you're an issue, if you're married, you just ask your spouse. They'll tell you. Or your work, if you're single and you're at workplace or you have close friends, they'll tell you, hey, I want to grow. I want to fill in the gap because I want to be the best messenger of Jesus that I could. Because our world needs so much more love. Our world needs so much more joy. Our world needs so much more hope. Our world needs so much more people that walk with kindness and goodness. Say yes to community. Paul said in one to one church. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's why we encourage you to find your people in groups. That's why we, sometimes that's the first step of actually 
bridging the gap of relationship where you begin to get to know people and you realize it's that some people are very, very safe for you and you can, they can help you and move you forward. Someone has said that a burden shared is halfway to being solved and that's what the value of what community does. And sometimes somebody in your community models a way of living that helps you to say, oh, if I do that, I can, I, God can help me in my life. Or they might show you how to pray. Or they might show you how to have a great attitude. or that, Who knows what? But the power of community, when we say yes, that's how we let the Holy Spirit lead our lives. And when yes to persevering. And why is that there, Craig? Colossians in one church, the writer said this, that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's power that works within me. Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes it's just work. Sometimes it's just struggle. But keep at it with the power of the Holy Spirit empowering you so that you can fill in the gap and be what God's called you to be. Because wherever you're at, as we said earlier, there's more for you. There's more for you. There's more that God wants to do through you. There's places that God wants to use you. There's things that God wants to do in our city. There's things that God wants to do in your family. There's things that God wants to, to do in the world around you as we allow Holy Spirit to address the gap issues in our life. Mind the gap. I invite you to stand. We're actually done. We'll be done. We always believe in responding to the Word of God. And when we talk about mind the gap, the greatest gap is the gap between us and God. And sin is the thing that separates us from God. And if you're here today and you know that you're not right with God, and you say, Pastor, I want to know how I get right with God. It's simply, I surrender my life to God. God, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I ask that you forgive me. Come into my life and lead my life. That's the very first step of a journey that is transformational that people in this room, so very many of them have seen God take them from where they were to a place of life and hope. And why not you? If you came in and you were invited here and you're, or maybe you've come in for a long time you've been checking out and you're ready to take a step to see your gap be filled between you and God and to transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of Jesus where your life can become and begin to be what God's called it to be. You'd be forgiven of your sin. Your question of eternity settled forever. That you, your life when you pass away that you'll be with Jesus forever. And in your everyday he will also be so if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus, you need to be born again. And today, the Bible says we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And you would, we know that intuitively. So you say, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Can I encourage you to do it today? That you would give the leadership of your life to Jesus today. He's for you. He wants to fill in the gaps for you. That effort won't do, that try harder won't do, that only He will do. I just invite you to bow your head, close your eyes to give privacy to the people around you. If you're here and you have not made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, I'm going to, in a moment, ask you to just raise your hand. Not because I want to bring you down to the front or anything, but simply so I can agree with you and pray with you as well. So if you're here on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you have never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life, and you're saying, Pastor, I need to today, I need Jesus to fill the gap. One, if that's you, think of, yeah. Two, yeah. Three, raise your hand all over the room. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, right now, so family, if you're a part of Horizon Church, just pray quietly. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you, Lord, for every hand that's gone up around the room. And Lord, your word says that if we confess, believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that you are Lord, that we are saved. And so, Lord, in the quietness of the heart of every hand that was raised, Lord, to say, God, I surrender my life to you. I don't know all what it means, but I know that I need your help. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to come in and lead my life. Fill in the gap between me and you. Bring me from being an outsider to being an insider. Transform my life from the inside out. I desperately, desperately need you. Secondly, if you know you just need to invite Holy Spirit afresh into your gap, can I just ask you to throw your hand up around the room, please? Invite the Holy Spirit again afresh into your gap. Every space and every place where you say, God, I'm not, I'm not what I once was, but I'm still not where I want to be. Holy Spirit. And keep your hands up for a moment, just for a moment. Just begin to right now. Holy Spirit, just say something along this line. Holy Spirit, I welcome you to lead my life. I give you my yes. I ask that you would produce the fruit in me that you created before. I ask that you would do immeasurably more than I can ask, than I can think, than I can imagine. Enlarge my perspective on what you could do in and through my life and empower me afresh, Lord, whether that's to be more open with my life, whether that's to be more empowered by you, whether that's to uh, live in community a little bit better or to pray or to seek your face in some way. I thank you that you are here, that you're helping me right now. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, that we be a people First of all, as individuals and then as a church that's marked by moving with lots of love, with lots of joy, with lots of peace, with lots of patience, with lots of goodness, with lots of gentleness, with lots of kindness, with lots of self-control. That we marked that we're different, not because we got our noses in the air, but because we absolutely, desperately realize our need for the power of the Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that in Horizon Church that you would do more than we can think or imagine. Lord, as we look forward into the Christmas season, it's coming so very fast, Lord, and we have the opportunity after opportunity to touch the world. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be moved by you, that you would fill in the gap in every space and place. We're going to move now in a moment, right? As, as, as I close out in prayer into closing out in a song. Don't go yet. We're going to close out in a song. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the people in this room that responded to you. Thank you for the power of heaven moving right now. We welcome the Holy Spirit to fill in our gaps. In Jesus' name, amen.